from the final studio of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, you are listening to Our Waves, the monthly program dedicated to the creative sector of Mendocino County. I'm your host, Victor Palomino, and in today's show, we visit the Willit Centers of the Arts and talk about their new programs and recognitions, followed by a quick mention of the Deep Valley Arts Collective. Next, a conversation with the Mendocino International Summer Music Academy about their virtuoso concert series, and we end with local visual artist Danza David. We begin our waves with the Willit Center for the Arts. Hi, my name is Sasha Thomas. I'm the manager for the Willett Center for the Arts and the creative director for our Art Stravaganza 23-24 program. And I'm Gary Martin. I'm an art historian and curator of the art gallery and a board member. And we're here because you have a very busy schedule right now. We have a lot going on. <laughs> Let's start with the art walk. We partnered this year with the Mendocino County Museum and the Willits Chamber of Commerce and some other businesses along East Commercial Street. The history of the Willits Art Walks is that two young people who are no longer in Willits had a place called Leopold Collective that's now base. And they started riffing off the art center openings and just putting up posters that said Art Walk, along with Missy, who owns Revolution. And I think it was last year we partnered with the museum, the Mendocino County Museum. They were interested. And this, so far, is the biggest coalition of groups here. There are individual artists. And we decided to have three art walks this summer. It's meant to highlight the walkability and the interesting venues that already exist along East Commercial Street, starting from Brick House at Main Street, along to the museum. We have we will have our opening for This is Willits. The Mendocino County Museum will have a special event and they will be open in the evening and it's free admission. And then one of the most exciting parts of the art walk is across from the skunk train and the Willits Chamber of Commerce. We are having artists and creatives pop up. Some people are first-time artists. Some are long-time, well-recognized artists and creatives. And they share work, music. I've even heard there's going to be a music event possibly in Rec Grove. The idea is to create a container where our community, which is filled with so many creatives and artisans and artists, have an opportunity to show their stuff. And people in our community, not just Willits, but anywhere, come and get to appreciate everything and things. It's a fabulous, fabulous event. The last time we had a lot of people going up and down the street and with music up and down the street and activities, it was a lot of fun. Everybody had a great time. People are so innovative. Really, Victor, in my experience at Willits, the reason why we get excited about these things is if we create the container, people show up and are extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So if 
people are interested in having like a boot or showing their art, how do they do that? Email manager at willitcenterforthearts.org and all the information is on our website, willitcenterforthearts.org on our homepage of how to contact us, get involved. You know, we have big dreams. We have dreams to evolve this to an, a destination event that benefits the businesses in our community and highlights the creativity. We had some young people from Laytonville with this like laser art. We had this amazing collage painter. She'd never tabled anywhere ever before. So it's an opportunity for people to show for the first time and also for established artists to continue yes, showing yes, their work. Yes. And so that's just one thing that is going on at the center. The other thing is uh, you just got a grant from the California Creative uh, Corps. So tell us a little bit about the project and congratulations on the grant. Thank you so much. We are so grateful to be an Upstate Creative Corps grantee. The project that we will put on for the rest of 2023 to through 2024 is called Arts Travaganza, and it is a year of free dance and visual arts workshops facilitated by our local artists and creatives. The idea for the California Creative Corps, for those who don't know, is that Artists are cultural workers who can influence change and impact social issues. The areas that we are interested to impact are mental health, civic engagement, social justice, and environmental protection. And we have a group of 18 artists and creatives who are going to put on free programs to the public um, from ecstatic dance to social justice art to African dance to kids dance Gary can tell you about the lectures he's going to put on in the next year the fun that I've had in the last week or so is actually telling the artists and creatives who will facilitate these activities and teach these classes. I mean, Matthew Kane, who uh, writes for Willits Weekly and is also a photo artist, has this amazing idea, for example, for a workshop where people will come and learn about how to impact civil issues in our city and then go out and try to cover a story to raise awareness and then like write an article. Like yes. And we're working with the Willits Weekly to possibly publish some of their articles. And these workshops will be free of charge. Our biggest issue here when we want to offer courses and workshops, like we are we are chock full of creativity, is people say, I can't afford to take that class. So the privilege to do that and to be focused on the issues that we know challenge us in our community are extraordinary. We are going to like more formally announce it, maybe before this airs. Mm-hmm to our local public and I I would cha- I would encourage everyone to stay in touch with us and subscribe to our website because you will get the emails 
so you know when you can um, register for a class. I hope I'm working with two artists right now. I think our kickoff will be a free ecstatic dance event that also will be grounded by um, Qigong and Tai Chi practice. We want to invigorate our community, engage people, get them excited, get them in here, get their awareness. So your your part there is uh, continuing that series of talks or? Uh, yes, yes. Art. Yeah, I do art talks. That's the uh, second Friday of each month. This month uh, we're presenting uh, the Dark Ages were filled with light. And it's a focus on Northern European uh, early Dark Ages, is what they called it. I switch every month with, uh, we bring in a speaker, George O'Hanlon from uh, the paint company up here. He's going to be speaking on color in August. And uh, again, in uh, September, I'll be back. And I will be speaking at that time on the Middle Ages, okay. the further Middle Ages. Gary also goes to schools in Willits, Leightonville, and Covalo and teaches children art history. And we bring children here for field, field trips. trips. Mm-hmm. And he does all of this uncompensated. Exactly. But we reach between 1,500 and 2,000 children a month. And uh, that's pre-K all the way through 12. Mm-hmm. So I was just going to say that you just got award as the Outstanding Elementary Visual Art Educator of the Year. Yes, so I'm very proud of that. I, uh, I didn't expect to, it to happen, but the uh, California Arts, Associ- Arts Education S- Association yeah, voted me in as for doing what I do. I've been doing this for 13 years going around to the schools. And so uh, the recognition was really quite wonderful. It is a great recognition and it's a great labor because what you're doing is basically just uh, planting the seeds for the new generation of of, uh, young generations to see art, to understand art. Right. You know, not only do they uh, come around to understanding art, but also uh, they they love art. You know what I mean? They're they're learning how to love art and, you know, which is really extraordinary. I teach pre-K. It's one of the things that I teach in the pre-K students. Four years old, they uh, know what landscapes, genre, you know, still life's abstract painting is. I I've taught him that. Witnessed the four-year-olds come in here. Gary has a whole video presentation and an interactive lesson with them, and I have heard them identify abstract art, landscape versus portrait. It's really something. He has a special curriculum. And you know what somebody said to me the other day that Gary's work is really important because uh, arts is what's getting defunded in mm. public schools, well, right? I'm the only art they get. I'm the only art that these kids get. They don't mm-hmm. have art teachers. Mm-hmm. Proposition 28 is supposed to bring in art teachers, and they're just having a, a meeting about that this weekend to see what happens. Proposition mm-hmm. 28 promised billions of dollars to the arts. So we're waiting to see what happens next. And art is so important because it teaches kids to think differently, think outside the box, to see yes. things in a different exactly. way. And I, I follow you guys on social media, and you posted uh, one of those memes that said, like, children are 
born as artists, but then you have to relearn that. And yes. basically, what yes. you're doing is that it's just like just re allowing kids to remember their natural artists. One of the things that I did when I first moved here, uh, this was 2008. I ran a survey for my master's thesis and asked a hundred children or a hundred students at Willits High who is the Mona Lisa. Seventy-five percent of them could not tell me. They they had no idea that it was a painting or it may have been a person or anything. They they didn't know what it was, and that's what told me something's got to be done. I think there's also a place where you could build confidence in certain kids that they may not get in their other classes. Because mm -hmm. I see here when you bring the children for the field trips, it's so crazy. It's like a hundred kids running through this building. But he also gives them paper and pens and crayons and asks them to sit down and draw something in the gallery. And sometimes they say, I can't draw. And then you say, just try last one of the last times i was here that young man he ended up making three pictures yeah, right yeah. and at first he was like i don't draw and then yeah, he was like oh yeah. can i have another piece of paper <laughs> he's like so that's important right like if you're not good at academics in school mm -hmm. you can see another outlet and they get to see people working in arts in willits which is really important we have a community theater we have an art center we have a county museum we have other arts venues here. There, it's very special for this small town. Mm -hmm. The Deep Valley Arts Collective is another Mendocino arts organization award with a Creative Corps grant. Typically, with a nonprofit, you have to have two years of being operational before you can really apply for most things. So, so this was really exciting for us to to be this have this be our first experience writing a grant and then be awarded it. That's Lillian Ruby, co-founder of the Medium Gallery and Deep Valley Arts Collective. They submitted a proposal for a project called Peers Together, Recovering Through Art Therapy, that will provide people recovering from substance abuse with a series of guide art therapy workshops. Um, so the grant is specific to kind of underserved communities, and they also really stressed that artists be a large portion of the award. So artists are being paid for their work. And so we contacted a local artist when we came up with this kind of loose idea of an art workshop series that is for people in recovery from drug and alcohol abuse. And we had befriended a local artist who would bring in groups of people from the recovery center here. And he would bring people in to experience the art and get inspired because he did workshops with them and we thought you know that's a really wonderful offering to the community and it does reach the entirety of our our county chris pew co-founder of the deep valley arts collective explained that they are looking to collaborate with other organizations during the year-long project over the course of the year, we'll be holding a series of both private and public workshops for people in recovery or people who have, you know, recovered. Those will go for a period of months, and then we plan to um, scan and document all the artwork and eventually publicize it into a book. We'll also be doing a sort of audio and video portion uh, where people can talk about their experiences on top of a slideshow of the artwork. And then all of that will culminate in a, 
a uh, show here at the gallery in uh, probably about a year um, before the grant uh, deadline. Um, and our, our hope is, you know, that people get inspired to tell their stories and to share their experiences um, because what, like Lillian said, um, this affects everybody, um, you know, in some way, shape, or form. Either you struggle, someone you know has struggled, you know, family member, friend, whatnot. So uh, I think this is going to be an important project for our community, and we want people to participate. One of the main goals of the Created Crops program is to create relationships between the creative sector and grassroots agencies, working with the issues affecting the communities directly and creative foundations for the last longing collaborations. Uh, we're going to work directly with the local recovery centers, um, doing outreach through them, and then we'll also have specific workshops that are open to everyone. And then we're also going to have kind of remote workshops to the areas of our community that are without many resources so we'd have an instructor go to them um, and we have you know this is still very fresh so we have to do a lot of the planning and outreach involved with that but that is our our plan sounds like it could be a healing process for for people to participate huh? yeah we hope so we we want people to um you know work through their emotions in and through art you know art therapy It works. It really does work. And we've since the grant has been publicized, we've had a lot of people reach out offering to help, you know, teachers, you know, um, therapists and things like that. And so th there is a need in our community for something like this. And I could see this turning into something ongoing, really. You know, if, if we don't facilitate it, then somebody else might. The grant come as the Medium Gallery celebrate their second year anniversary, offering a space for artists in Ukiah. Um, we would just like to thank everyone who's come out to the gallery, who's supported our efforts through either showing their work or monetary donations or you know, whatever it is, you know, an email. Like, you know, we get, you know, you guys are doing amazing work all the time, and, and that is, is really great, and we feel like we're just getting started, honestly. You can find more information about the Medium Gallery and the Deep Valley Arts Collective at the deepvalleyarts.org. Next on our waves, the Mendocino International Summer Music Academy and their Virtuoso Concert Series. My name is Sophie Wu. I'm the director of the Mendocino International Summer Music Academy. My name is Alex DeGrassi. I'm a The a guitar instructor this this these two weeks at the MISMA mm -hmm. or MISMA. Can you tell me about the um, academy? This is uh, our first year to start the um, MISMA, mm -hmm. okay, Messino International Summer Music Academy, and it is a summer music program of the Dharma Realm Buddhist University, which is an accredited um, university in Ukiah, um, and the. Mission and the vision behind the uh, music academy is to bring professional music programs um, with um, with um, together with wellness practices. So for the professional music programs, we have a very uh, softly crafted curriculum, and we have very professional, dedicated. Um, quality teachers like mm -hmm. Alice DeGrassi and this year we have three other um, professional uh, musicians on board as faculty and they um, they're two pianists and one saxophonist and they all have a doctoral degree in music performance from uh, world-leading 
music conservatory mm. um, in the country. And uh, um, then for the wellness um, part, this year we have uh, Tai Chi, meditation, and the personal wellness uh, techniques. And that's how we start the day. We start the day uh, before breakfast mm. with Tai Chi and meditation to help us uh, stay balanced. Mm. And that will really support musicians. So that's uh, always a part of the curriculum, a part of the musician's day. Um, they go to wellness practices and they have a full day of uh, lessons, uh, well, well, group lessons and private lessons and the practice sessions. Mm -hmm. So the day usually runs from 7 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. And on the days we have concerts or events, the day runs to 9 p.m. So it's a full immersion mm -hmm. uh, courses and practice. So yeah. this is a, a new program. This is, it is. Why, what was, where the idea came from? Why did you feel that it was a need to have like a summer uh, professional training <laughs> it, it really emerged it, it, it's the right time it's the right condition i always love music and uh, my husband who is a professional uh, musician and he is a saxophone faculty at uh, misma um, and he moved to ukiah to join me to uh, in this community um, last year mm -hmm. august And uh, um, yeah, we just started doing music projects together. Mm. And uh, we love Ukiah. We love the community and we love uh, music. Mm -hmm. So uh, we want to do something wonderful about music in this uh, community. And also it's last summer we met Alex. Um, yeah, and uh, Somehow we became friends. We started doing projects and concerts together, and we have a shared vision or thought. Oh, this will be something to do. So mm -hmm. we got Alex on board, <laughs> and yeah. yeah no, but, but it's it's makes... the right time. People are here, yeah. and we have this vision to do a good uh, summer music academy here. And we always thought it's important to um, to um, have music and wellness together mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. an offering to musicians and music students. Yeah, we so think that will really help. It's an interesting mix because music is also healing and meditative, yeah. so it's a good right. combination. And, and and how was your part? So you were part of from the part of the creation of the idea of the academy? Well, uh, they already had the idea, but they we did talk about it, you know, in the preparation some, so I I threw my two cents in, as, we, as they said. <laughs> But uh, the connection initially was uh, Sophie uh, emailed me one day uh, sometime last year and said, do I give lessons in guitar? And I said, well, I, I do some private lessons. I don't put out my shingle, I, but I do teach when people want come to me. And uh, she said, well, my younger sister... Uh, is uh, interested in taking guitar mm. lessons. And she's she really young. She's very young. Yeah, she's 11. Yeah. Yeah, she's 11 years Good old. Good age to start playing guitar. Yeah, and she'd already been taking some lessons, Suzuki guitar mm. uh, uh, on Zoom, I believe, yeah, right? right. Mm. So uh, I said, sure, let's try it. And uh, so I've been giving her lessons uh, almost every week for since sometime last year. And, of course, through that, I met Sophie and Wen Bo Yin, uh, Sophie's husband, who is the saxophone teacher, wonderful player. And uh, so Sophie started saying, well, 
Uh, we're going to do this concert with the kids of the youth, a youth concert we did. Uh, youth you, concert. you did two of them. I, d- I joined the second one yeah. at the, the theater, at the college theater. Mm-hmm. And then she said, we're thinking to do this uh, MISMA, this uh, summer music program. Uh, would I be interested in teaching? And I did. And then they also said, because I had run a guitar workshop for 20 mm-hmm. years, um, uh, first down in Santa Cruz and then on the Mendocino Coast, we became known as the Mendocino Guitar Workshop. So she asked me, they asked me for some input, some ideas about how you run a program. And, mm-hmm. But the truth is, I didn't really do that much. Uh, they, they're very, these are very highly motivated, uh, <laughs> capable people who... Uh, who really have done a wonderful job of putting this program together and inviting some really, uh, really wonderful, amazing musicians. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's really and the, even though they did start, we did get started a little bit late. You know, we probably should be talking about it nine months before the program mm-hmm. because it's a summer program, and uh, especially with the the focus is primarily on younger people. Um, and so getting those people, you know, they, people make plans. So, you know, getting them Especially kind in the of, summer. Yep, yeah. getting yeah. them signed up early is, uh, is really a, a great thing. But I think the momentum is, is great here. Mm. Uh, we've had one concert with, uh, uh Scott and Sherman mm-hmm. and, uh, it was a great concert and mm-hmm. we had some members of the public as well as the school and the staff there and, it, w- it was very well received, and mm-hmm. uh, they have a beautiful. Uh, this is in the old the Su- it, Sudana Center, right. which is the old Trinity School here in Ukiah, which was before that a convent. Mm. And so there's it's a beautiful setting because mm. they've restored these uh, a couple buildings there that were part of the school and the convent. One of them has a courtyard like a traditional convent with with all the everything's facing in so there's a fountain and there's it's so it's you you feel like you're uh it's it really it's a very private Mm -hmm. place to 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 be but it's also everything's looking inwards so it's a very shared sort of community and the the actual room where the concerts are taking place is is i guess the old chapel from the convent and it's got a beautiful high ceiling with uh, filtered light coming down into it, and it's uh, a very live acoustic space. So, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's it's a great thing. It sounds mm-hmm. wonderful. So, uh, what kind of instruments uh, instructions do you have in the in the academy? Yeah. So for this year, we are offering, of course, guitar um, with Alex. We're offering saxophone and jazz improvisation with uh, Wimboyin, um, piano. Um, with us, our piano faculty, there are two of them, uh, Scott Sherman and Yao Yu Huang. So that's um, for this year. But for the future, we might expand expand our instrument mm-hmm. and course offerings. And this is open to what kind of levels? Like if somebody is interested, they have to be a professional musician or so they can be beginners or intermediate? Uh, what I would tell you is right now, uh, we have, yeah, we have beginners, we have intermediate, we have advanced. Um, beginner, which I mean uh, five-year-old mm. uh, pianist, 
learned uh, taking lovely piano lessons uh, with um, our piano faculty, but we also have um, you know um, students at the age of 16 to 18 who are seriously thinking about applying uh, to music major mm. at university. Mm-hmm. Yes, and do you mm-hmm. do like an audition before, or do people just sign up? Well, uh, we do have a application process that we ask them to fill out first a written application, and we do follow up with those applicants, uh, asking them for video of them playing a repertoire or excerpt of a repertoire. But we, uh, at least for this year, we're not calling it uh, addition, addition, but it's just another instrument to get to know the applicant mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. so we can meet with them where they are and of course that help us with selection process too yeah. yeah and do they have to be familiar with the wellness part or does just uh, for you can introduce somebody that is not familiar with it they can be welcome to start that practices absolutely absolutely everyone is um welcome but we uh we do make it very clear the information is very clear in the website and in all the conversation we would have with them that you know um wellness is a important component of the program so you um they don't have to come with any background start from fresh that's great um but we do um uh talk with them and give them enough information so they know that they are signing up for that part at least Mm -hmm. the interest and Mm -hmm. the sincerity will need to be there yeah and how long is the is the program so for uh, for this year, we are doing two one-week sessions, so July 9th to July 15th, and July 15th to July 2nd. But people can also sign up for the whole two weeks, basically from mm. the 9th to 22nd. Mm. Yeah. And it's also, um, we have uh, residential and non-residential That's options. That's what I was going to ask. So yeah. people can stay there and for yes. the whole two weeks and yes, have absolutely. like an Im- immersion. In, yes, absolutely. In we actually have a, a beautiful, uh, ren- newly renovated um, uh, dorm space mm. yeah two floors a 28 rooms mm. yeah the dharma around buddhist university did a wonderful job renovating uh, the student center and especially the mm-hmm. dormitory yeah. and for you being one of the instructors how has been your experience this first year it's been it's been great um you know i as i mentioned i i, I ran a one week uh, guitar intensive and for 20 years and the last several years we did it at the Albion Field Station out on the coast and it uh, overlapped as this does with the Mendocino Music Festival and we had a chance to uh, uh, sort of associate and interact with the music festival. So for example, uh, I often played at the music festival and brought maybe another guitarist and then we would have uh, some of the guests, uh, guitarists from groups uh, who come to the music festival do a guest workshop at ours, and we'd have the students uh, 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 learn a piece and perform it at the festival. We had guitar players go into the village on a Friday afternoon and play in the art galleries and stuff like that. So I think um, we would have up to 20 students, and and this is, again, you know, starting small because it's the first year and maybe a little bit of a late start. So it's been very intimate, which is actually great for the students because mm-hmm. I have this week, I just have four students, mm-hmm. and I think next week I'll have five or five. Yeah, so all together. And um, so it's been really good for them because mm-hmm. they get a lot of one-on-one attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but And the levels are uh, kind of varied 
and I I think uh, in the future there'll be the program will sort of mm-hmm. accommodate to perhaps different levels. Maybe I'm I'm speaking mm-hmm. out of turn, but but I because some of the students are uh, and they're different interests too. For example, mm-hmm. I have four students. Um, I have an 11-year-old, the one is Sophie's uh, younger sister, who's been studying with me, and she's she's uh, she's sort of a she's still a beginner, but she's a, a skilled beginner. I mean, mm. she's she already knows how to play mm-hmm. uh, guitar. And um, I have uh, one who's a school teacher, who's a little older, and then I have a college student or a postgrad student who's just finishing. And he's more of a jazz guitar player, so he's he's a little more uh, experienced playing guitar. And then um, I have another student who's uh, sort of more of an intermediate, beginner or intermediate. So right now it's kind of a mixed uh, bag, and uh, but it's great. Uh, there's another component to this, which I think is really great. Uh, there's a very... It is truly an international yeah. experience. Mm. So I have, among my students, I have... One from Sri Lanka, <laughs> and I have uh, one who is originally from China, and I have uh, one from New York City, <laughs> and one local. Hmm. And so, and there, there really are people from all over the world here, which is great. Yeah. And, and the music is oriented into what kind of music? Is classical music, jazz, or it's it's a different kinds of music? Well, for my for the I speak for the guitar guitarists ours is a, a little bit generalized right now um so as i mentioned i have a jazz uh player in the in the group and i've studied jazz uh but i'm i'm not necessarily an expert at it but um so i can work with that student on that and then the others are at this point sort of a little more general um so so uh, uh sophie's younger sister has been studying kind of a mixture of primarily classical but um so we right now it's a little bit more generalized Mm -hmm. and and one of the students in the group is likes to sing so we're learning guitar more as an accompaniment instrument Mm. so so it's a little bit more generalized right Mm -hmm. now but uh the The two pianists are are highly trained classical musicians and Mm -hmm. so is uh, wenbo but he's also Uh, very interested in jazz, so he's got a core of high school students f- from the Okaya High School who play uh, uh, various instruments: trumpet, trombone, mm. and piano. And uh, they're, they're making they're, an ensemble or something. They're like they're, they're, yeah. they're really kind of focusing on jazz. So. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about the uh, virtuoso concert series. I know that uh, they've been ongoing since the beginning of July, and by the time this aired, we're just going to be right there. You're going to be having the last concert. But just tell me a little bit. What are the concerts, who's playing, and how can the community get involved? Uh, we are offering four uh, concerts and two uh, public music lectures um, as a part of the series and open to the community. So um, the one that already happened was uh, this past Monday. That was July 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, evening. So Scott uh, Sher- Lowell Sherman um, had his solo. It was about a 75-minute program, so uh, solo piano concert, and he played uh, contemporary pieces and classical pieces, and also a set of pieces uncomposed by himself. He's not mm-hmm. only a pianist, but also a very uh, experienced and trained composer. 
And the next July 15th and July 16th, so Saturday, July 15th, um, Wimbo in the saxophonist will be giving a uh, solo saxophone concert, but joined by a pianist. And also Alex and him will be playing a duet, uh, saxophone and a solo uh uh, saxophone and uh, guitar piece, mm-hmm. and so his program uh, consists of um, contemporary piece for um, piano and saxophone, um, jazz, uh, classical pieces, and also a very interesting violin transcription of such as uh, Paganini's. Um, to the saxophone? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so, so interesting. And you have to use circular freezing because so many notes and it's <laughs> yeah. so fast. And yeah. then the last concert is? The ne- so the next concert is another piano uh, solo concert by our um, uh, piano faculty, Yao Yuhuan. And uh, she has been very accomplished. She's won many awards um, at international piano competition. And she has performed internationally at some very prestigious uh, venues. So she will have con- her concert that night. Um, yes, and then the last concert will be next Thursday, uh, July 20th at 7 p.m. where all of them will come together, Alex, Scott Sherman, Yao Yu Huang, and Wen Boyin. Um, each of them get about 20 minutes to do um, solo. And uh, um, I believe Wimbo and Alex are doing another uh, guitar saxophone piece. And actually, Spencer Brewer will join Wimbo to do uh, some, um, some, yeah, his composition, Spencer Brewer's own composition for uh, saxophone mm-hmm. and piano. So, yeah, it's not to be missed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if people are interested in, in these concerts, where can they get information or tickets or how do they... Uh, yeah, how do you find information? Yeah, so right now our posters are um, everywhere in Yukai, uh, especially very centered around the downtown area. So probably if you go into a store, the chance is very high that you get to see the virtual so concert series poster. Um, then we also, um, it's also the registration is open on our website. Our website is misma m i s m a dot d r b u dot e d u. Um, you can directly register there, and our uh, phone number and email address are also available on the poster or on Yukai um, Daily Journal. That um, they did two articles front page articles for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can register on the website, scan QR code on the poster, call us, email mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Same. Or just show up at the door. That works too. <laughs> yeah. Where is it going to be? Well, we uh, the Dharma Room Buddhist University has two campus. One is in Tomage, in, located inside of city, city of Tanzania Buddhist. But mm-hmm. that's not where we're going to have the concert. Um, it gonna, the concerts are taking place at our downtown campus located on 225 South Hope Street, the former Trinity School, mm. um, inside the beautiful uh, chapel. I just would like to add that um, I've lived in this community for a long time now, and um, I I feel we're at a really interesting point here where there's a lot of interest in music now and a lot of music interest in music education. um, I'm also on the Ukiah Community Concert Board, and we bring four concerts a year to the the theater at the college, Mm -hmm. a mixture of classical programming and, and other types of music. And uh, we have been bringing those musicians to 
come to visit the high school on the Monday following and interact with them. And now uh, they've been going to the K through 12 or the DRBU to uh, the Dharmaram Buddhist University, thanks to Sophie reaching out to, to us. And um, there's just and space, of course. So there's a lot of dots getting connected right now mm. in the in the music community here, and, and I, I just think it's a really great thing. And I commend uh, Sophie and Wenbo and all the folks involved with this program. It's just a wonderful thing. So what I yes, yeah, the last piece I would add is um, um, we are starting, but we really see this as a long term offering to the community and our goal. Um, as Alex said, is to meet the love for music in mm-hmm. Ukiah and also through this International Music Academy that we will bring musicians uh, internationally throughout the world come to teach and also come to learn music uh, in Mendocino in Ukiah. Mm-hmm. So we hope to uh, patiently um, build up this momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Alex and Sophie, thank you so much for coming to the studio of, of uh, KCYX here in Talmish. And we'll be more than glad to hosting you next year to talk about the next series. Thank you so much. Thank you, Victor. Thank you, Victor. You are listening to Our Waves. My name is Victor Polovino. And next, we talk with local artist Danza Davids. My name is Donza Davis. I am an illustrator, a muralist, a digital artist. Donza, thank you so much for coming to KCYX Studios. And I'm just going to start with asking you about your beginnings, your beginnings as an artist. So what can you tell us? Why do you start making art? Well, thank you so much for hosting me. I would say my interest in art started... About as early as I can remember, um, I grew up northwest of Willits and spent so much time outdoors, and some of my earliest self-directed activities were drawing and observing nature, so it just kind of uh, naturally grew from there, my kind of capacity to capture um, the likeness of plants and animals, and nature was also a very early inspiration for me. Uh, I first picked up a paintbrush in middle school, in a middle school art class, um, and I started with acrylics, and I have really stuck with acrylics as a medium. I found them so versatile. Mm-hmm. And this kind of love of art and nature grew into an interest in science and art. Uh, So when I went to college, I went to um, what is now Cal Poly Humboldt. First, I started just in the art department and uh, was studying painting and art history and uh, pursuing a Bachelor of Art. Uh, I also, for my general education courses, I tended to take the upper level science courses that the science majors would take. And... I think in part it was because it was fitting in my schedule and also it was in part because the subjects that I was interested in were being covered in those classes. And so I kind of found that during my pretty late, probably my second or third year of college, I decided, I realized that I could easily add science as a minor and then also realized that if I, I worked pretty hard at it, I could add science as a major. So I ended up double majoring in studio art and botany, and that took five years mm-hmm. um, up at Cal Poly Humboldt. And after that, I 
found a program that really combined the two subjects uh, that used to be at UC Santa Cruz, but is now at California State uh, Monterey Bay. And it was a certificate in science illustration. And so I did one more year there. And then from there, did some internships and taught for a year. And um, I now have a, like a personal art practice and a professional practice that we can talk more about. But mm -hmm. um, that's kind of my education background. Yeah. Well, and you can see all that in your work. I saw the work that you have, uh, the Black Oak uh, Cafe right now. And, and you can see nature because there's like a lot of like insects and butterflies and, and but at the same time the patterns and kind of like the, the scientific repetition of things can you tell us a little bit about about that work like many artists i feel like i have over the years played with a lot of different styles i've had quite a few influences and i'd say early on i was more drawn towards kind of pictorial um representations where I was uh, more representing an animal in its habitat or um, some sort of a, a natural history or kind of an overview. Um, Because uh, nature art is, mm -hmm. is, is like that, is like very detailed, is yes. very like realistic. Mm -hmm. and, and this is kind of where I'd say my professional work can, can sometimes diverge a bit from my personal uh, studio practice. Mm -hmm. So My studio practice, the type of thing that you're seeing at Black Oak, um, I, f is, I can trace back to about 2018, where I became very interested in this uh, repetition of patterns and subjects. And that actually uh, came out of a posthumous humus collaboration with my father. So my father um, was very interested in math, and he... Um, got into um, polar coordinates and creating graphs uh, that he turned into acrylic paintings. Mm. And uh, after he died, I kind of wanted to honor him and um, had a lot of these paintings and images that were really beautiful that he had done. And he always spoke about his art in terms of nature. Like he thought of them as uh, representing a season mm. or um, representing leaves or flowers. Um, and so a lot of the uh, graphs that you do see are actually referred to as mathematical roses. And so I had his body of work and I wanted to um, work with that and combine that with uh, my more natural representations. Um, and so I uh, kind of got into using his a work as kind of a background or a centerpiece and then using that as to center my work on. And I feel like I, I, I started calling them a kaleidoscope series because in my mind, like the kind of viewing them, you almost start to see like the abstract interaction of the shapes and colors as much as you see the forms of the plants and animals. And I found like that kind of experience really compelling in me it kind of evoked that kind of sense of wonder you get when you're in nature like when you're really immersed in it mm -hmm. um, and I feel like it gives people kind of that like moment of calm mm -hmm. that you can get where when you feel really connected and kind of present and in the moment mm -hmm. and for me like creating the art um, I feel that and so for me like it's a very kind of healthy practice and then I also hope that people viewing it can feel have a similar feeling mm -hmm. i'd say my styles also kind of 
my personal work on canvas has also kind of evolved out of my mural work. Mm -hmm. um, so I've done uh, some murals in the community. Um, most recently, the Monarch mural that's in Alex Thomas Plaza. Mm -hmm. um, I worked with students at Ukiah High to do a mural called Beyond COVID that is um, near the entrance to the library. Um, I did a series of murals inside the juvenile hall, um, which was multiple phases and a couple walls in the juvenile hall and a couple panels that are in mm -hmm. the library in Laytonville and also in Covelo. Um, and in muraling, I found that the best way to include other people in the, uh, the, the hands-on portion um, and also just for my own pre-production process and getting the image on the wall in the way that it was ideated, it's very useful to have colors and shapes isolated. And so um, in my murals and in my uh, canvas fine art, um, I'm really uh, not mixing paint on a palette the way I probably would have in college. Um, I am now uh, pre-mixing colors mm -hmm. and um, defining shapes and just using those defined colors in those defined spaces. Mm -hmm. And that also kind of lends like a meditative quality to the work because I'm kind of figuring out my subject um, in these repetitive paintings that you see like at Black Oak. I'm kind of figuring out my subject uh, and defining it one time and then working my way around the canvas. So mm -hmm. kind of the experience of doing it is... Uh, very calming mm -hmm. um, and exploratory like you, yeah i mean you have an idea first but then it will change as you as you continue yeah. the work so i generally uh, know my layout like i know that um, i'm gonna have butterflies where my butterflies are gonna be or where my leaves are gonna be or where the dragonflies like where the subjects are gonna be before i do the painting but that kind of color breakdown happens beforehand mm -hmm. um, and for murals it's very useful too because when it comes to repairing a mural or uh, revamping a mural um, you're really uh, able to do a color match and kind of refill a space that needs uh, more attention and for your studio work so that series that we see there is right now in uh, black oak what else do you work that is like your personal work? What, what kind of, uh, how could you describe what? Um, well, I kind of have three iterations of my work at Black Oak right now. Um, there are three of the works that are, that uh, started with the work of my father. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I call those the Kaleidoscope series. Um, I have an older body of work there as represented there as well that I call Ultramarine. Um, and that is more of uh, what you would, um, uh, call a spot illustration where you have subjects really isolated on a background. Um, and I would like to explore this more. I've got um, subjects on a background that is painted in ultramarine blue, which in acrylics is an extremely transparent color. And so to get it opaque the way I have it cre uh, requires a lot of coats. And I feel like the light that moves through it is just really kind of rich and luminous. And mm -hmm. it's one of those paints that is really best appreciated in person, which I also really like kind of in the digital age where you really can kind of only experience that in person. Um, and the way I have the subjects arranged, they aren't 
naturally pose necessarily. Um, it's generally plant-insect interactions. I really enjoy those. Um, and so they kind of have a vintage feel, kind of like the old plate-style illustrations that you would see for botanic plates. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have one newer body of work that I've only done one painting on, but I definitely want to uh, proceed with. And I feel like it's kind of grown out of the Kaleidoscope series. Um, and for now, I'm calling it spinning. But um, it is subjects that are um, not repeated as many times. I'm only repeating them twice, and I'm using their silhouette to create a sense of movement. Um, and so in this piece, I've got a dragonfly and ginkgos and cattail and cicadas, and their silhouettes kind of drag behind them in a way that makes it feel like the whole image is spinning. And it's kind of I feel like I enjoyed so much that interplay of shapes and colors in my kaleidoscope series that I wanted to uh, play more with that. And so it does not incorporate the the math patterns, but it has that kind of, in, in my mind, it it feels very much like it came out of that body of work. And I'm not sure it would have existed if I didn't do that body of work. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm kind of, I, I'd like to see where that goes. Mm. What are some of your influence? What artists do you get inspired or, or what kind of things you get inspired with? I can't say I want to point to an artist in particular, but growing up, I spent so much time perusing like National Geographic mm -hmm. and um, like the visual dictionaries, just kind of those really just well, illustrations that really seem to, to celebrate nature and also make you kind of want to learn a little bit more. Um, so I feel like that's probably, those were probably my earliest influences. Um, and, uh, and I do continue, I, I should, I should note that I do, uh, work in the science illustration field as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I do a lot, and that really is my digital practice. Um, so I do my painting for my personal work, and I do my painting for my mural work, um, and then I also ha use a lot of digital tools um, in the ideation and formulation of those, but then also for my kind of day-to-day -day work. Um, I do a lot of work for a Bay Area-based studio mm -hmm. um, called Inkdwell, and uh, they also do a lot of public art projects and uh, explore kind of that inner, that, the interplay between science and nature and the wonder of nature and promoting conservation causes. Hmm. Hmm. So, you get, so you still get inspiration from nature, yes. basically your main inspiration. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> your botanic background, so do you still work on that? Do you, do you do something besides painting that stimulate your uh, science uh, experience? I'm always looking to kind of that interdisciplinary plenary approach to my work. So, you know, I'm starting a, if I'm starting a piece, it's generally because of an observation that I've made uh, with a plant-insect interaction that I want to uh, represent. Um, and then I'm going to want to read more about that and learn more about that. Or if I'm doing a public art project, uh, like the Mayor's Monarch Mural, for instance, um, that was to celebrate the city of Ukiah's uh, pledge to support monarchs, and that being the flagship species for um, a host of native pollinators. So, um, you know, in doing 
that type of public art project, I'm going to be reading a lot of information about native plants and insects in California and the importance of biodiversity. And so that kind of becomes like a deep dive into um, topics that interest me mm. that are mm -hmm. very much science-based. Mm. And your medium, you use acrylic. Mm -hmm. uh, why do you use acrylic? Why do you like acrylics? Well, I... I really do love acrylics for their versatility. It's also just kind of the medium that um, I've grown to know really well and um, just the way that I kind of formulate my work, it makes the most sense. Um, so like, I can't say I have a lot of experience with watercolors or oils, but mm -hmm. um, you know, when I do acrylics, acrylics, uh, they dry, they, they are, opaque when you're talking about watercolor versus acrylic and acrylic is very opaque and it's going to uh, work well with the variety of uh, surfaces that are primed properly it could be masonry it could be metal um, mm. it can be canvas it can be wood uh, so it's really just so versatile and for me because i'm pre-mixing colors um, i feel that the you know people who are do amazing work with oils a part of its strength is uh, the amazing blending that people do with oils and because i'm not really taking advantage of that mm. it probably makes less sense for me mm. so the acrylics really just work well mm -hmm. with uh, the way i paint and the surfaces i'm painting on mm. and what else people can find your work uh, so I am, I have a website, uh, donzadavis.com, that's D-A-N-Z-A-D-A-V-I-S.com. I also have an Instagram, and that's at donzadavis. Um, I, I do wish I were a bit more active. I appreciate every single like and follower, um, and I am trying to be better about that and fit, fit more of it in to share my work a bit more broadly. <laughs> thank you so much again for coming to Art Waves and thank you for sharing your art with all of us. Thank you so much, Victor. Thanks for listening to Art Waves. My name is Victor Palomino and I'll be back with Marty Dorlin third Tuesday of every month for another episode of Art Waves here in KCYX, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. <laughs>